Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Higher Battle Podcast. Happy Wednesday. I missed you. Sorry, we missed you last week. I was trying to get the new Higher Battle website up and running where I'm hopefully going to have different resources and Bible studies and things like that for you guys. And I was also making the new Teddy Bear t-shirt campaign live. I don't know if you guys know this, but April is... National Child Abuse Prevention Month. So I launched a little campaign in order to raise money for at-risk children. So I will leave a link in the bio of this episode if you guys would like to buy one of those. All the profits go to at-risk children. Um, But yeah, that's where I've been. So today I wanted to do a little Bible study with you guys in chapter one of John. I've done a couple of these on the Higher Battle podcast, but I wanted to do it for John 1 specifically because on my own time I've been reading John and I just love it and it's great and there's a lot to learn from this and there's just so many good tidbits. I mean the whole Bible is just wonderful. Also, I just said tidbits. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we're going to do today. So if you want to follow along or if not, that's okay. I'll be reading the first chapter for you guys. Um, so if you don't have your Bible, you can still hear what we're, what we're learning from and what it's saying. But if you're new... Hello, welcome, welcome to the podcast. My name is Peyton and here we talk about Jesus and together we walk through the highs and lows of living a life for God. So we're so happy you're here. So I'm just going to start out by just explaining John. So we know that it is in the New Testament. It is a gospel, so it is telling the life of Jesus. Um, And it is written by John and it is written to show First of all, it shows very heavily that Jesus came from heaven and that Jesus is God. Um, Also, John highlights the seven signs or miracles of Jesus that he performs. Um, And then a lot of Jesus's I am statements are featured in this book of the Bible, which I love. But we're not going to get to all of that in chapter one. But it's just really centered around what Jesus did and said in Jerusalem. So, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him. And apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not recognize him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So I'm just going to stop there and explain a couple of these. So in the beginning, we know that's Genesis. Um, in the beginning was the word. So God, God's before everything. God is the word. And we see here very evident that the Father is distinct from the Son, so they're equally God yet separate. And it illustrates that without Jesus, there's death, there's darkness, we're lost, but God is life and God is light. I love that imagery right there. 
And so we hear now about John coming in into the picture. So he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. So he was not Jesus. And then it says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So the only reason for love is Jesus. Jesus came and brought goodness into the world. And it's crazy because God created everything, created all things, yet when he sent his only son, so when, when Jesus came to earth, no one recognized him. He was rejected because this is the fallen world. So picking back up in chapter 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory. The glory is the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he exists before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from this fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed himself. Okay, so here, so we observe his glory. That's an eyewitness. And we see that he shows his, he's full of grace and truth. So it's not just a show. Jesus is these things. Jesus is grace and Jesus is truth. And then in verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So this is where uh, Jesus displaces the law of Moses um, as the way of salvation and life and reveals that Jesus is the only true way of salvation and life. And... Jesus revealed the characteristics of God for a personal relationship. So we know because Jesus is human, we have these characteristics now. All of the different characteristics that God has was reflected in Jesus walking the earth and loving people and doing all the things he did. Alrighty, verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and the Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. What then? They asked him. Are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Who are you then? They asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, so they asked him, Why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? Okay, so this is John the Baptist's testimony. So he's trying to take the focus off of himself. So they're asking, who are you? And he's saying, he's confessing, of course, I'm not the Messiah. And he's basically saying that he is the one to prepare the way of the Lord for Jesus to come. And continuing in verse 26, I baptize with water. John answered them, someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He is the one coming after me whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John had been baptized. We see this again, someone standing among you, but you just don't know him. And then here, John uses some terminology here, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. So in these times, it was the duty of the lowest servant of the house to untie a, a sandal strap. So John's saying, this person that's coming... I'm not even worthy to untie his sandal strap. All right, continuing in verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. 
This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, The one you see the Spirit... The one you see the Spirit descending and resetting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Alright, so we see that John calls Jesus, here is the Lamb of God. So he is the sacrifice um, to give us eternal life. So after, and this is happening after John has baptized Jesus. And... And John then says, uh, someone who ranks ahead of me because he exists before me. This is not because Jesus is older than John, but it's, it's the eternal presence. That he has a higher ranking because of his eternal presence. And then he's going on to say that, I'm just not making this up, that there's evidence from God. And to continue on in verse 35, the next day John was standing with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon, son of God. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Alright, so first of all, I love this because we see that John has his own disciples. But when Jesus comes along, he's very happy to have his disciples leave him and follow Jesus. That's awesome. And then we see Andrew. Um, and Andrew's always bringing someone to Jesus. So they're like, what's Andrew doing? Oh, he's bringing someone to Jesus. He brought Simon to Jesus. So I love that. All right. Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Beth Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. All right, I'm just going to finish up this chapter. Rabbi Nathanael replied, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus responded to him, Do you believe me because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, Truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So Philip tells Nathaniel that Jesus is here, and basically he's like, Okay, but is this just another important person that has come to Nazareth? Because there's a lot of people that come to Nazareth and say they're the Messiah, or is this actual the Messiah? But then... Philip is kind of like, just come and see, don't argue, just come and see for yourself. And I love that Jesus doesn't hide, Jesus never has a disguise, he's always just like, yep, it's me, I'm not hiding anything, no trickery here, so I love that. And then, so Jesus tells uh, Nathaniel that he saw him meditating on the scriptures under the fig tree. Um, and so then he's like, well... So then Nathaniel believes that this is Jesus, this is the Messiah, and then Jesus is like, well, 
Do you disbelieve me because I told you I saw you? Because you're going to see greater things than this. And then we're left on a cliffhanger. And that's all of chapter one. But that's a good one. I liked that. I mean, just a solid first chapter, you know. What stood out to me the most is just, um, I think, John and Andrew. How John was very much not focused on himself, very much focused on telling people that Jesus is coming, preparing God's way. And also the people who love John, who were close to John, who were disciples. As soon as Jesus came, John was like, go follow Jesus. Like, leave me and follow Jesus. I love that. And I wonder if we do the same thing. I wonder if we care more about how many people follow us or if we care more about how many people follow Jesus. And I also just love Andrew because Andrew's always very focused on bringing someone to Jesus. Like he's always bringing someone new to Jesus. So I think that should kind of be our goal and our main focuses. I think this week we could kind of reflect on what what are our main focuses throughout the day. And I'm sure it's probably not this. I'm sure it's probably not always on Jesus. I'm sure it's probably not, God, where are you leading me? God, who are you calling me to talk to? to plant a seed in their life, which this is actually very challenging for me. Um, I started trying to do my mornings with Jesus again. I kind of got off my pattern and I think there's definitely something beautiful and, and powerful about having the first moments of the day with Jesus and a lot of people will say this. So I started that up again and it's like, I want my focus throughout the entire day to be on Jesus or at least like and I know you're working, you're thinking about a lot of things, but even when you're thinking about a lot of things, are you still thinking about Jesus? And you, are you still thinking about where you're seeing him and, and where you're seeing him work and who needs you to talk to them about Jesus? And, and a lot of it is just how we live it out. But I think if we're just focused this week about bringing someone to Jesus and being happy that your followers or your people in your life are following Jesus instead of you. I want to lead people to Jesus. I don't want people to follow me. I want people to follow Jesus. So this is definitely something cool to kind of think about this week, um, reflect on. But that is John chapter 1. We'll see if we can get through all of John. I remember I did Acts on the podcast a while ago, and I don't think we got that far. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining this Wednesday. And I will be with you. I mean, yeah, I will be with you. I won't see you, but I will be with you all next Wednesday. See you guys.